How much did you pay for your Balenciaga skin, Dennis? Fess up. I didn't pay for it because I earned the coins while gaming, so I chose wisely. It was a very economical way of getting your hands on some Balenciaga merch. Exactly, exactly. It, it didn't cost me a thing, so that was great. Will what avatars wear in Fortnite really affect our lives for tomorrow? Well, in this episode, my guest and I will discuss what fashion looks like in the near future and even the present, which of course includes clothing in the metaverse, even clothing for your virtual dog. Welcome back to Lives of Tomorrow. My name is Carla Bazashi and I'm the CEO of WGSN, the world's leading consumer insight and trend forecasting company. In this podcast, we're focusing on what our lives will look like in the future that waits for us just around the corner, our lives of tomorrow and how all the trends and forecasts that we do in our company will shape the way that we, you and me, live our lives. To discuss the future of fashion, I have a senior figure here from one of the world's largest fashion companies. Together, we'll discuss what we might be wearing tomorrow, sustainability, the metaverse, and generational attitudes towards consumption. Dennis, will you please introduce yourself? Hi, Carla. Yes, my name is Dennis Glasser. I work at H&M as trend forecaster as part of in-house trend forecasting team that we call the fashion intelligence team. I am originally Dutch, but I live in Stockholm and I've been here for about eight years. Dennis, I'm really delighted to have you on the podcast today. I think we probably share some things. We both work in the same world. You're very familiar uh, with WGSN, but it's going to be really interesting to get your take on how the world of fashion is going to evolve in the coming years. Now, before we get started on all of that sort of stuff, I want to get into some personal details uh, so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. So what was the pivotal moment or person maybe in your career that had the most impact on getting you to where you are today? It's definitely a person. It's actually my grandfather. He was a textile factory worker in the south of Holland, where I'm from. And he has worked in that factory since he was 12 years old. When the factory shut down, it was turned into a textile museum. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. It's called the, the Textile Museum. Yeah, I've never been. I have heard you of should. it. Yes. It's, it's, it's so nice. It's okay. lovely there. I'll add it to the must visit list. You have to, yes. And he was turned into a museum. He actually stayed on there and worked there for the rest of his life. Wow. And my dad wasn't per se interested in textiles. So it was turned down to me. So I used to go with my grandfather to the museum in the weekends. And he showed me everything about the machine that he worked with uh, for that many years. And I think if you, you're working at this huge fashion brand now, and yet that kind of, I guess, humble introduction to fashion through your grandfather. It's a really lovely story. Now, I'm going to give you something else to think about while we're discussing many topics that we need to come through. And it's a question I actually got from uh, another podcast interviewee. You don't have to answer it now. Just think about it while we're talking. And the question is, when was the last time that you learned something new, preferably something that has an impact on the way that you live your life um, or how you see the world? Um, but it doesn't have to be kind of seismic. So have a think about that. Don't tell me now. We'll come back to it before the end of the show. Good. So we started with a fairly obvious question when I asked Dennis to paint a picture of the clothes we'll be wearing in our lives of tomorrow. 
And are we ever going to be living in the spacesuits those science fiction writers back in the day predicted we'd all be in by the year 2000? This is the question I very often get when I tell what kind of profession I have. You probably get the same. No, definitely not spacesuits. That's always a I think it's an, always an interesting perception of how the future will look, but uh, especially menswear, I mean, it doesn't change that much as an as actual garment. So it will be more in qualities. What is it made from? How is it made? Where does it come from? Did I co-create it? Did I have impacts on design choices myself? Can I add something myself? Can I change this garment? Can I recycle this garment? I think that will be a focus. What function does it have? Can I wear this on a hike? Or could I also wear it just going to the city? So I think it will lay, the new will be there, I think, not per se in how it looks. Okay, now that we know that we probably won't be wearing spacesuits in our lives of tomorrow, we can move on to something bigger. So let's talk about sustainability, because at WGSN, we really feel we have a responsibility, given how much of the fashion industry and other creative industries that we reach to really enable, help and forecast how this such an important topic is the future of our planet, right? Absolutely. And how every industry needs to take accountability for that. Now, I think what would be really interesting is also maybe talking about, you know, the consumer behaviours you've seen, but also how important it is to H&M, because I think people will find that really interesting. Yeah, of course, it's a, a major focus for our company. And so uh, we want to have meaningful growth. And uh, we are, of course, aware of the, the impacts we have. So it is a big goal of us to work on that, of course. And we take every new development that comes our way or that we find and we share all of them with uh, the teams that we work with directly and sometimes we have to give an extra push on certain things because it is an amazing opportunity or it is a company that we should connect with uh, to see if we can collaborate straight away or maybe we can support that company that is really small and needs a financial injections or to say. Are there any specific initiatives that H&M have put in place that you're particularly proud of? Several ones, but I can give an example. There is a young designer working from Amsterdam and she had found pine needles. It's the, one of the biggest wastes of the wood industry because they just fall out and they lay around and nothing's really done with it. But she has been able to make a material out of that. Although in the very early stages, I had then contacted our innovation team and they then contacted her to talk more about the business side and see where they could help her to, to grow and to make it an actual product on scale. It looks a lot like wool, actually. It's like a mix between wool and nettle, quite similar to that. And it can be naturally dyed as well. I love the idea, Dennis. Maybe the next time you and I are talking, I'm wearing, most of you can't see me at the moment, but I'm wearing a kind of wool cardigan. Maybe next time the cardigan I'm wearing will be made from pine needles. That would be yeah. fantastic. Who knows? I think this is the time. I think we're seeing more and more of these things actually coming to products in stores. It's interesting given, you know, why you're in this industry, your grandfather working at a kind of material and textile factory that lots of the innovation we are seeing is through materials, right? And being able to recycle or reuse or take 
ingredients that the world has given us in a natural form that otherwise have no use and creating clothes out of them, I think is, is re I'm really excited about that topic. Me too. It's one of the, my, my biggest inspirations, I think, when I work. It's, it's fantastic to see that waste can become treasure and that it is actually happening and that it is not a dirty thing anymore. Waste can become treasure. That's a wonderful way of putting it. Right, let's get back to trends. And everyone knows lots of trends are cyclical. Y2K, that 90s trend, very hot at the moment. Does this make your job easier or more difficult? Uh, both. <laughs> I think more difficult because sometimes the trends pop up very abruptly and they go really quick. And speed orders is not something we like to do. And it's not in our ambition, not in our sustainability goals. So it's really hard to keep up with those trends if they are very short-lived and pop up out of nowhere, basically. And that, of course, has to do with social media as well. I think that's something that might surprise people, that there's so much written about trends getting faster, but also fast fashion companies using this kind of test and learn mechanic so they can see a trend, they'll create some of that, see how it does, create another one. And yet you're talking about arguably a slowing down of that process. I think it's a big misconception that we are a fast, 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 fast fashion company because we aren't really, because the process starts about a year ahead while others speed orders and they fly them in from A to B or direct to a consumer. So I do think in order to be have a certain degree of sustainability goal, you will have to slow down. What do you do then when a trend surprises you, when it feels like it comes out of nowhere? We, of course, have to mention it. And then we try to explain where it came from, why it came there that quickly, and how we can find those signals quicker in the future. And I also think and hope that in the future we'll have more modular choices in garments so that we can adjust them ourselves so we don't have to buy more. We can buy less but or maybe one part of the garment to renew it and also so we can recycle the garment and um, be circular with our purchases. Interestingly, I recorded a podcast for WGSN's other podcast series, Create Tomorrow, doing our top trends for 2023. And the modular sneaker is one of those that we're predicting to be really big. But the idea that you can add things on or you can upgrade them and you don't need to throw away your old trainers, your old sneakers, you know, you can continue to evolve them, which is a much more sustainable way. But also in a world where we want to be able to move from sitting, maybe working from home, going out for a run, but then having something that also looks good. I'm someone who travels quite a lot for work and I don't want to, I never, ever check luggage. I always take hand luggage and therefore I need a pair of trainers that I can go to the gym in, but that I can turn up in the office and look good in and also crucially work on the plane and going to be comfortable. So I am all on for the modular sneaker and modular fashion in general, actually. Yeah, it, it will be a great solution because also it's crazy to think if you're, if only one part of the shoe breaks, you will have to buy a complete new one. It makes no sense anymore. Yeah. But all, I think also it's interesting how consumers can, in that way, co-create with brands so they can assemble their own design, basically. So that would also be very interesting. 
what do you think the ultimate of that is? Because this is a really interesting topic that not only will people be able to co-create, but they're going to be able to, it's just one item you buy and then everything kind of clicks on like Lego. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, yeah, basically. I mean, Lego has already done it. They have had caps and sweaters with little dots on it, actually, which and then kids could like, put their own Lego bricks on the garments. So that's actually a good example that you brought up without knowing. But uh, yeah, that's how I would love to see it in the future. And I also think consumers demand more, some more functionality in the future for sure, but also their own inputs. And you can already see that Nike is doing decentralized platform where consumers can actually co-create First of all, I believe it's digital garments. And then from there, Nike might produce some of those co-created garments. Right, Dennis, it's time for some of our reoccurring questions. So every guest gets these um, and I want your immediate responses. So don't think about it too much. You ready? Yes. Excellent. Why do you work? Oh, to pay my bills. (laughs) No, because I love, I actually do love my job. So, but of course, obviously also to pay my bills, but I love my job. Do you have a sense of purpose in your work? Absolutely. Yes. I have had moments that I thought, oh, I'm just telling nice stories to people. But I do feel the longer I've been doing it, you can actually give direction. You see the outcome over time or about things you have talked about. So that, that that's amazing, especially on this scale of a company. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the number of countries that H&M exists in and the number of people who have H&M in their wardrobe, in fact, I'm actually going my sports Ooh. bra, which is, <laughs> which is under here, that is H&M. And actually, and this isn't because I was talking to you today, this long sleeve black top, which is nothing fancy. I've got three of them and they're all from H&M and they are worn on rotation. And to the sustainability perspective, I have had these for about five years and they get worn and worn and worn. So there you are. You've influenced in some shape or form two of the items that I'm wearing today. And I didn't have to think about that, even though I knew I was talking to you today. We'll come back to some more reoccurring questions shortly. But first... You've brought up digital garments. H&M released their first Metaverse collection recently. Really, really hot topic. It's the question we get asked the most by our clients and partners. What's happening from a Metaverse perspective? Should we be in it? What should we be doing? Give me your take on the Metaverse. Is it here to change the world? To change the world? I'm not sure. I think it is a great platform for activations and otherworldly experiences also to minimize your footprints but also at the same time expand your audience because it doesn't stop anywhere basically you can reach anyone that has a computer or a smartphone i think it will stick i think the investments have been by the major companies have been so big that we will see it and we will engage with it uh, to a certain point. Although I do think physical fashion will always have a purpose, we will always need a garment. I do think the two inspire each other, obviously, and that we have already seen that the metaverse influences colors, for instance, uh, but also styles in a certain way. So. If it will be and stay massive, I haven't quite made up my mind on that one, but they do coexist. That I do see. So you mentioned that influencing color and maybe style. 
what does it mean from a big perspective for the fashion industry? Is metaverse one of those things that will leave its imprint and fashion will be different as a consequence? Or is it just another input into how designers think about what we might wear in the future? I think it is a platform for creativity, but also, again, for co-creation. I think also how interesting is it for a brand to know what consumers want to create in the digital world. And perhaps there is a design that is so interesting that we would want to make it as an actual garment. So I think there, there's an opportunity for uh, the fashion world, I think. But also to see, for instance, if all users make red sweaters for their avatar, maybe red's the color of the moment for that target group. So it can give you a lot of information. So I think there is value there, absolutely. It's also, I think, quite interesting seeing how consumers can start experimenting in that space. So you might have someone that in real life is much more conservative about how they dress and yet gets to unleash a more creative side in the metaverse, which then, if it's positively received and they feel good about themselves in that world, will bring that back into real life. I think that's quite an interesting aspect too. Yeah, I play Fortnite, as sad that sounds for an adult man, but I do. And I have also bought skins there. And I thought I was never going to be the person that actually did that. But it has a certain value for me. I do find this really interesting. Um, I cite my stepsons quite a lot of time as a as a source of information. I found out this this was quite some time ago. Actually, I was talking to the tw now twelve year old, and I think he was ten at the time, talking about metaverse, and he sort of dropped in. Oh yeah, I bought a Balenciaga skin for my dog on Fortnite. And A, that he had a dog on Fortnite was quite interesting. But the fact that he knew what Balenciaga was, I just thought was, it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. This is a few years ago. I mean, things have moved on since then. Yeah, I mean, it, it does work for some. I also have the Balenciaga skin. How much did you pay for your Balenciaga skin, Dennis Fessup? I didn't pay for it because I earned the coins while gaming. So I chose wisely. It was a very economical way of getting your hands on some Balenciaga merch. Exactly, exactly. It, it didn't cost me a thing, so that was great. But um, it did make me feel different. After it's it's a weird thing because you know in Fortnite everyone has the same. There's like three basic outfits that everyone gets that is playing. But if you have played a lot and you're good at it, you have the opportunity for a, another outfit and it, it makes you stand out. You don't look the same as everyone else. So it kind of works. How much do you think people will be willing to pay for avatar fashion articles of clothing in the future? I think uh, I know the numbers are already really high, especially with uh, youth. Uh, hard to say, I guess more and more, uh, I think. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. In five years' time, how much would you personally be prepared to pay for a Balenciaga bomber jacket, let's say? Like 10 pounds, 20, 10, 20. How much are you prepared to pay for a Balenciaga jacket in real life? Oh, jacket, tricky one. Like a thousand, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, we're gonna, we're <laughs> gonna have it's to an easier access. Yeah, course, we're going to have to check back in on that as well in five years' time and see whether people are paying more than more than ten pounds for jackets uh, in the metaverse and uh, and less than a thousand pounds in real life. I don't think it will overtake actual garment. I think still there is something to owning a physical product that people can't let go of 
Yes. Then look at the the recent Damien Hirst art and the number of people who decided that the virtual version of that would be more valuable to them than the physical product. I mean, that was really interesting as a kind of social experiment. Yeah, that was amazing. But it's on the other hand, I think with art, you also, your audience are already earlier adopters, perhaps, or they see value differently. So there, I can understand it a bit better, maybe. Well, as an art lover, I don't own any Damien Hirst, sadly. I'm not paid that amount of money. But for me, it would very much be, I want the real life and I'd like the NFT as well. I want both. I'm greedy. I definitely want both. And probably the same in the fashion world as well, I think. Same for me, actually. I would. I am still that generation that <laughs> wants to have the actual thing. Maybe that ages both of us. Let's take another quick break to ask Dennis a few more of our recurring questions. Do you have a sense of purpose in your life? Ooh. Oh, that one I didn't see coming. That's a difficult, that's a deep question. I really wish that our listeners could see your face at the moment. As You, you can see this like range of emotions going across your face as you try and think about this. Trying to come up with a, with a, with a good intelligence answer but um i'm gonna come back to it okay please yes. i've got another question i'm coming back to you've got two now you've got to be thinking about while also trying to answer me i'm gonna come back to that one this one might be a little easier when are you the most creative outside walking my dog surprisingly and when i'm not working or have any obligations, basically. So when I'm completely free of mind and I just walk around and I can focus on things I usually don't focus on. Do you think that idea of walking the dog, is it because you're, is it is it just being outside? Is it the lack of inputs from screens and phones and other people? Yes, yes. I have uh, ADHD, so that doesn't help, I would say. In a way, it helps me because I can process a lot of things at once which I can see connections to sometimes that others might not. So I can quite easily compile that info. So for work, it is fantastic. As in impulses from the outside, it is not that great to have, I would say. So yeah, it's like being with the dog, doing something completely else, being out in nature and uh, looking at things I am not looking at the rest of the day. What makes you happy? My dog, my boyfriend. I love the fact, by the way, that the order of that was the dog first and then the boyfriend second. He would do the same. I am 100% sure. <laughs> he won't blame you. <laughs> when I have to ask myself these questions back, which I will do at some stage, I'm, I'm, mine will probably be my cat and then my husband. So, you know, we're yes. matching on that front. They're so dependent of you. You know, your your boyfriend, He he can... He can manage on his own, but the dog can, see? So that goes to the heart, yeah. When are you offline? Oh, quite often, actually. Basically after six, seven o'clock in the evening. I put my phone on sleep mode these days. I, could, uh, I was too obsessed with my phone, basically. You are a really good example to us all. A really good example. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's fantastic. Now, do you do you then switch on another screen? Are you then watching TV or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I have to admit, I do watch TV though. Yes. Okay, so it's, it's just a different screen, but it's hopefully one which is not pinging all the time. No, exactly. It's more about the notifications. 
that's about that's yeah. the problem I, I know yeah yeah that dopamine hit is not good for any of us no and i think also if your personal interest in your work those boundaries aren't that clear it, it also gets harder i think to stop working in your mind so um uh, good to turn it off sometimes yeah i agree when was the last time that you felt you were wasting your time and you only had yourself to blame for it I think it usually is when I make mistakes <laughs> or when I am procrastinating. Also an ADHD thing. Don't worry, we'll come back to Dennis's answer about purpose in life later. But let's get back to fashion. Gen Z has been a hot topic for some time now, especially when it comes to fashion. But something interesting I learned from Dennis was that Gen Z's values don't necessarily line up with their behaviours of consumption. I asked him if he was hoping that Gen Z would be the saviors of our planet and if he's not just seeing those behaviors we expected. Well, I do think, of course, it's embedded into them by their parents. So I think it can only get better. So that's that's the good thing. Gen Alphas also are becoming teenagers soon, or they are already some. So I'm quite excited to see how they develop and how they turn go from their activism uh, into the real world and see. Maybe, maybe they'll walk the walk and talk the talk. Or they'll do that the other way around, isn't it? Talk the talk and walk the walk. That's what we need. But I do think Gen Z does that more than millennials. I just think they perhaps miss the tools for it now. Millennials, of course, have a income, a higher income. They have more opportunities to work or walk the walk. <laughs> There's an aspect there that millennials drove the change, but you use the word tools there, that various industries, fashion being one of them, hadn't caught up with the demand that was there. And then Gen Z are reaping some of those rewards because the opportunity to think more sustainably about how we clothe ourselves is definitely there now. Maybe alphas will be the generation that saves us because they'll take advantage of the opportunities that have now been created and brands are still evolving and they're still innovating and they will only have to do that more. And consumer demand is one aspect of that, but government legislation is also an aspect to it and brands taking that responsibility. I very much see it as a kind of three-way mission here to create a more sustainable fashion industry. Absolutely, because consumers do ask companies and governments, but I think it also absolutely lays with the consumer, as in they also have to shop less. We all have to. And also with Gen Z, I think, how can you blame them if they live a life on social media where everyone wears new things every day? They do get it sent from brands, but I mean, that you don't see. So how could you not feel that you need to buy as much or as many new garments, basically, uh, and quickly? Yeah. So you work in predicting the future, as do I. Are you anxious or hopeful for what's in store for us in the years to come? I'm hopeful. I think maybe it will take longer for certain things than they are promised to us. I don't think they will get worse. I am hopeful. I think people feel responsibility. I think they uh, also companies, governments feel people need things from them now and otherwise they will leave them. So they feel the pressure. If it will all go to promise, as in by 2030, by, uh, uh, that's a question. I am not, not that sure there. 
uh, that every company will manage to reach that goal, especially after the pandemic and the war now. So, but yeah, it can only become better, <laughs> I hope. Dennis, I'm going to take you back to two of the questions. Oi, oi, oi. So, here's the deep and meaningful one. Do you have purpose in your life? I think so. I think I want to, or I hope I can make people smile, help them out in life, be there for them, and share good, meaningful, directional stories at work. Lovely. Well done. And now I'm going to take you back to that question that I asked you earlier on. When did you last learn something new that had an impact on the way you live your life? There is more to life than work. I think that is uh, one. I have always been endlessly obsessed with working hard, performing and doing my utmost best that I can. And not that long ago, I kind of like lost track a bit, ran a little bit too hard. And I was called back physically, or how do you say it, held back uh, physically. And then I had to think quite deeply about how important is this? And is my health more important? Can I do a better job if I do less? So the thing that taught you this big life lesson was actually your own body? Basically, yes. I have, uh, if, if we're making it really personal, I had panic attacks after the pandemic. When we had to go like back into uh, living life, I was just not used to all the impulses anymore. So public places scared me to death. And I'm quite a outgoing social person, but I couldn't do that anymore, weirdly enough. But I was also exhausted, <laughs> I guess. What are the coping mechanisms that you put in around yourself to, to try and find more of that balance? Take more rest and also disconnect from at least social media and my phone, I would say. Also try to plan less in your life and also realizing that that is okay, but no one expects you to be everywhere and that you can also say no to things. I think there's a, you've given us lots of good life lessons today, as well as, as well as giving us some things to be excited about about the world of fashion in the future some things to watch out for um but some yeah some deep and meaningful stuff in there as well dennis which i'll definitely take away and i'm sure our listeners will as well thank you so much for being so open and honest today it's been fascinating talking to you and i look forward to us reconnecting when i will be wearing something made with discarded pine needles in the not too yes. distant future yes thanks so much for having me was a blast. Thank you, Dennis, for giving us so many life lessons in this conversation and so much to look forward to regarding the fashion of tomorrow. Let me know what you think about this podcast and the direction that you want it to be going in. You can write to me on lives at wgsn.com and give me your input. And stay tuned, a new episode will be out shortly about how we live our lives of tomorrow. I'm Kala Bazashi, CEO of WGSN. I'll see you next time.